Study show. <laughs> Shit. All right, I think I'm ready to go when he starts his. Okay, we're about to go. Hey there, good morning everybody, Nikki Burnett here, Taste Like Nutrition Radio, uh, on KUHSDenver.com, streaming live, and I'm so excited today for today's show, I feel like I'm reverbing a little bit. Um, uh, today we have Christy, Christy, Krista Karpowicz, who is the founder of Wag Out Loud, I'm going to turn my music down a little bit now, and there we go. It's my favorite song. I love Three Little Birds. Just makes me so happy. So I have to start it and I'm still a little clunky at turning it down, but it doesn't really matter. So uh, today we've got Krista Karpowicz, who is the founder of Wag Out Loud and Wag Out Loud podcast. And why this is amazing, because if you've listened to me even once, I think there's probably not a show that goes by that we talk about dogs. Um, and so a little bit of history on the show itself. The show is about health and wellness. It's about, it's about nutrition. It's about dogs and keeping our dogs healthy, keeping our families healthy. And it's about truth. We want to find the truth in healthcare. Everybody is so confused about what we do for ourselves, what we do for our dogs, you know, what's right, what's wrong, you know, what, what, what website is right, what, you know, all of the things, you know, is it, you know, why is it so hard? And it is. It's always really hard. And so with this show, we're here to bring on the people who are amazing at what they do. They have found truth. Science changes. We know that. But we, we, have, we, we bring to you the best that we can because we want to bring to you the real, solid, good, truthful information. And when it comes to feeding our dogs, when it comes to their health, to vaccinations, to heartworm prevention, all of the things that goes, go into it, there's still tons of confusion there as well. And so Krista is here to talk to us about that, talk to us about all that she knows, all that she talks about. Her podcast is amazing. Go to her podcast, Wag Out Loud podcast. She has amazing, amazing guests on her show. So Krista, thanks so much for being here. I'm sorry, I was a little long-winded. <laughs> Oh, good, Nikki. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is going to be such a good show. We're going to have some serious stuff, but we're going to have some fun. Um, and I think that, that it's always important to have some good fun in all of the seriousness, because right now there's a whole lot of seriousness and we want to have fun. And so with that being said, we always start the show with gratitude uh, because I think it's important. I think that um, I do it. I try to do it almost every morning. And it really sets the tone for the day. And if we can each set our tone for the day, then what does that what does that create? It creates a lot of really good intentions for a lot of people and for our world. And so I think starting our day that way is super important. So, Krista, what are you grateful for? Yes. Well, I should say first, I'm grateful for my dog. My dog yeah. uh, is amazing, Winston. But for me personally, Nikki. You are what I am grateful for. Oh, wow. <laughs> the timing is perfect. Um, you know, this week we just started on my health and nutrition journey that you are going to be my teacher. And I am so excited that we have started that. So I just had my first session with Nikki and she's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So I didn't so expect grateful that. And excited. <laughs> <But> thank you. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's fun. I think um, what I have found to be, and maybe this is my gratitude for the day, um, what I found to be just one of the most amazing things is, you know, my, my background is animals, and then I moved away from that um, after grad school, you know, and I got into the medical world and health and wellness and nutrition and, you know, all these things and the, the ability to, to, to work with humans and work with dogs and work with dogs' humans. <laughs> Um, is really, it's such a gift. It really is to, to, to be able to, to, to just be that support for, pe for people and for their dogs and for people's health, all of it. it to bring them together is, it's really so special. Um, and so, and thank you for saying that. That's really sweet and unexpected. Yes. <laughs> so I think um, I always just kind of start the show with, with guests, you know, uh, let's talk a little bit about you, you know, who you are, what you do, 
how you got here, why you're here, what motivates you, what excites you, um, and then we'll kind of start getting into a little bit of the nitty gritty of dogs, all of the goodness of dogs. Wow, uh, let's see. My previous dog, Higgins, um, this, so we're talking 15 or 16 years ago, was having seizures and three different veterinarians could not tell me why he was having seizures. And at the same time, we were looking at getting another dog who was already an adult dog and the breeder would not sell her to us unless we promised to feed raw. I had never fed raw. I was your average dog owner, you know, feeding dry processed kibble. And I thought, oh, sure, I can do that. You know, just tell me what to do. And if I'm feeding the new dog a raw diet, I might as well feed Higgins a raw diet. Well, he never had another seizure. <laughs> that amazing. So the light bulb went on. Something about nutrition is obviously key to their health. And I just continued to research raw. Um, fast forward to my dog now, Winston, who is 12. Do you have him? And Do you have him with you? He's right here. Are you you want to see him? Yeah, let's see him. Okay. <laughs> here. Here with you. Oh, we're gonna say hello. Yay! <laughs> He's hello, so man. cute. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, sweet man. So, I don't know about you, but some of the best thinking time for me is when I'm walking the dog. So I was walking Winston a few years ago and it just came to me, I should become certified in canine nutrition. So I did that in 2018. It took me a year through the Companion Animal Science Institute in Canada. And oh my gosh, <laughs> I have an appreciation for what you do with people, Nikki, because you are learning physiology, biology, chemistry. It is fascinating, but it's a lot of information. It's a lot, yeah. <clears throat> Especially if you don't have much of a background in it because you came from oh. a, a business background, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so yes. this is this was a totally new world for you. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it is. It was fascinating, but after I got my certification, that got me to thinking, am I going to just do one-on-one -on -one consulting on canine nutrition? No, I am going to start a podcast. <laughs> uh, and I am so not technical at all. So to learn everything that it takes to put this on, um, you know, I'm pretty proud of myself that I did that. And yeah, the show is over two years old and i just released my 121st episode Ooh, that's amazing <laughs> i love that and if i would say so and i think you would say so you are considered an influencer at this point yes mm -hmm. that's awesome i mean you've yes. had huge names on your show at least in in the dog world and you know for people who are in the dog world right absolutely yeah oh, i'm so blessed to have i i learn every single day uh -huh. every show i am just blown away with the information and the cool thing is the information that i'm learning about dog health i can apply to my own health oh, yeah. as well right which is fantastic mm -hmm. so yeah i i can't believe that the show has come this far and i encourage anybody that loves their dog and wants to learn how to help them thrive and live longer and healthier you know please check it out mm -hmm. uh, because i started where most people were i wasn't feeding the appropriate mm -hmm. diet i was over vaccinating mm -hmm. i was giving the flea and tick harsh chemicals mm -hmm. um you know, I wasn't looking at what ingredients are in the grooming supplies, the shampoos and the sprays and, you know, just our own homes right. are more polluted inside our homes than outside mm -hmm. because of the Glade plugins that oh we my have gosh. in our walls. Oh, those kill me. <laughs> it's just like, oh, they're so bad. I mean, uh -huh. yeah. And that's right at dog level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Outlet. 
Yeah. So I'm not going to go on a tangent. I'm going to let you run this show. <laughs> Feel free to go on tangents. I do it all the time. <laughs> we can geek out forever. And, and we will, we'll, at least for an hour, but we will do some more. Um, so I think that that is a, it's a really great place to move into raw feeding. And, and what we want to do is we want to cover... I think as much as we can on this show. We've talked about raw feeding. If you if you watch the show, we had uh, Matt Rowe on of Parsley Pet, who is amazing, and uh, yes, is. That, this is how I met Krista was through Matt. Um, so we've talked in detail and in, in pretty in pretty in depth uh, about raw feeding, and so we want to cover that because I think it's important for those who have not heard of it. But we want to get into some of the other stuff too. We want to get into the things that you were just talking about that I think is really important when it comes to. Um, the pesticides in you know the, the chemicals in our yard and the chemicals in our home and the chemicals that that go into our dogs and on their bodies and as a as a nutritionist you know these are things that I I teach people all the time you know this it's not just about food food is amazing I mean we all love food well not everybody I mean <laughs> food for some is, is not fun <laughs> but yeah I, I food is it's amazing and it's fun as long as we have a good healthy relationship with it but we have to we have to think outside of just food. We have to think about what we put on our skin, what we put in our hair, the women, the makeup we put on our face, um, and the things that we put in our body as women, um, and the things that uh, that we're washing our clothes with and washing our hair with, and, and and putting in the garden and on the lawn. All of these things impact us, our endocrine system our hepatic system, our liver detoxification. This is really, really important. And we want you to think about this for your dogs as well. And not, one of the things that just sort of dawned on me, yes, dogs are right there at that level of the Glade plugins. So are babies, right? So we, gotta, we have to think about that. The toxicity of these smelly things, you know, all of these, besides essential oils, these, all the smelly things, if, whether it's your laundry detergent, whatever it is, perfume, these Perfect are incredibly, cleaner. yes, incredibly toxic for everyone around you, which creates a toxic environment inside your home, which is why they say, open your windows, let's get some fresh air in. Even if there are toxicants in the air outside, the inside is, it's terrible unless you are, you know, cleaning with clean products and cleaning yourself with clean products. And I don't need to sort of belabor a point, but I think it's important to, to really think about what we're doing. Um, and so jumping into raw feeding, um, tell me what it is that you do for Winston. How do you feed your dogs? Well, before I go into that, I just want to yeah. let everybody know of this really scary statistic, the Veterinary Cancer Society says that cancer is the leading cause of death in half of our dogs. Mm -hmm. So half of our dogs, mm -hmm. especially those over the age of 10, are going to die from cancer. And it's because of all these things that we're talking about that we can change, you know, the toxic environment that they live in, that we live in, it's causing these high cancer rates. Right. So I think feeding a species appropriate diet is a great place to start mm -hmm. because if we look at kibble kibble is a high heat processed diet and nikki you know that nothing and i mean nothing in the pet industry is regulated right food supplements cbd mm -hmm. grooming products the plastics used in toys mm -hmm. and shoes Nothing. Oh, and the toys that come from China. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all the products. Yeah. So scary. Mm -hmm. And it is overwhelming. If, you know, if anybody was to look on Dr. Google, you know, what should I be feeding my dog? And you've got so many different opinions. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm trying to do is, is bring the experts together, share the information, and then it's up to you on how you're going to advocate for your dog's health. Right. So the reason I love raw is it has the live enzymes. It's, it's live food, whereas kibble is dead, dead food. And I don't even like calling it food. It's not food. It's feed. Right. Yeah. 
just imagine, I mean, you look at this bag of kibble with a big juicy steak on the front of it. <laughs> and that's marketing. That is, mm -hmm. is not true as to what is in the bag. And meat might be the first ingredient, but it's by weight as far as the order that the ingredients appear on the label. That piece of meat was weighed when it did not have any water in it. It was, or it, it did have water in it, I'm right. sorry. Mm -hmm. It was a piece of meat. Mm -hmm. The dog is not eating that piece of meat in right. the end, and it should not be the first ingredient once the moisture is removed. It is baked at such a high heat, there really aren't any nutrients left. Mm -mm. And that was why they replace all the nutrients with synthetic vitamins and minerals. Understand real quick, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I, no, I, please. I, I want people to understand that if it's synthetic, the body barely, if at all, recognizes it, which means it's not utilized which means they put high amounts of synthetics in there. It creates, it creates a real burden on the body. Yes. And I think one of the main points I want to get across, and I'm not shaming anybody. We were all there because we didn't know any better. Yep. The amount of carbohydrates, these high starches and sugars in this kibble is not species appropriate. A wild dog might get three to 5% carbohydrates from the guts of the prey that they're eating mm -hmm. in the wild. They are not out there eating corn and soy and grains. This is wreaking havoc on your dog's digestive system. And it, I mean, it's, it's cyclical. It's just my dog eats kibble. They they get inflammation from all of these high starch foods. See, I keep calling it food, it's not food. <laughs> yeah. And can you guys imagine eating a bowl of Captain Crunch twice a day, every day for the rest of your life? Right, and that's exactly what it is. you're gonna get the right nutrients? Wait, you're gonna get no nutrients. Even if it no. says it's fortified, that's the thing that kills me, you know, in, in even human food and all food, it's fortified. Oh, well, great. I'm going to be healthy and live a good long life. No, it's <laughs> no. not the way it goes. Yeah. And people might ask, well, isn't the FDA looking out for our dog's food? Isn't the American Association of Feed Control Officials? Yes, people, those, that is the organization that is giving the guidelines of proper nutrition for a dog. So in my mind, it is not regulated. Right. So that is why I prefer feed raw. Mm -hmm. Now, when you wanna feed a raw diet, you don't wanna just switch from kibble to raw. You wanna introduce it slowly. And just adding things like, oh my gosh, eggs. Right. Eggs are the world's mm -hmm. perfect protein. Mm -hmm. Put some scrambled eggs or lightly cooked eggs on top of that kibble. Oh my gosh, your dog is going to freak out. I do raw. I do raw eggs. Yeah. I mean, I you just, should. Yeah. But if people are freaked out about it, you know, I that's a whole nother show to talk about mm -hmm. the bacteria that people think. Right. You know, I can't feed my dog. Your dog can eat poop and rocks and mm -hmm. sticks and be just fine. Dead animals that have been dead for days and days and days. Yeah. They have a very short digestive system and even more acidic acid in their stomach than we do. They are going to thrive on raw. Mm -hmm. um, you can go to the grocery store and pick up a can of sardines in water. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, put that mm -hmm. on top of the mm -hmm. kibble. Mm -hmm. Great omegas. Yep. So that is like baby steps. Of course, with raw, you want to feed muscle meat, organ meat, and bone. Right. Now, some of the listeners might be saying, but how much and where do I get it? And you, again, I don't want people to be overwhelmed. There are so many ways to do this. Mm -hmm. So I feed mostly commercial raw. There are some great companies out there that yep. have done all the homework for you. And if you want to get frozen raw, 
you buy it in nuggets or patties from these different companies and thaw it and that's it, they eat it. Mm -hmm. Many of the companies are now using goat's milk in their formulations, which is awesome. Um, And then most of them also have your fruits and veggies already in there. So it is complete and balanced and dogs love it. You can go, you know, you can go very extreme. You can do the prey model diet which is feeding pretty much the entire animal, Mm -hmm. hair, skin, eyeballs, organ meat. And a lot of people get their meat from Mm co-ops. So you can just look online, local raw dog food co-op near me, and you're buying in bulk and it's a lot less expensive that way. Yeah. If you want to home cook for your dog and create your own recipes, that is great. But over 90% of the recipes that you just find online are not nutritionally sound. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage people to, there are websites like petdiets.com, there's balanceit.com and you, it's fun actually, you just plug in what you're feeding and it'll come back and tell you what you still need to add. Um, you know, a lot of us think we're doing well. You know, I feed chicken and rice. Right, yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Big problem. And unfortunately, that yeah. is not enough. Mm-hmm. That it, you know, they're not getting all of the nutrients that they need. Right. So I would, I'd be happy to talk to anybody that wants to learn more um there are so many ways to do this now in my mind raw is the best Mm -hmm. second best would be a fresh food cooked diet and you guys know that there's all these companies out there that will deliver right to your door that will customize the ingredients for your specific dog's needs i would rather have you do that than a kibble or even a canned food yeah so yeah that's my opinion on food yeah yeah no i think i think that's great a couple of things that i'd like to add in when going to the cooked cooked is is an option um i but i think it's important to understand that going and cooking um cooking like bacon and then giving your dog the bacon grease um and something that's high fat fat is fine for dogs but it has to be raw so if you're feeding a high fat meat and you cook it, the meat, the, the, sorry, the cooked fat has the, it's hard on the pancreas. It doesn't, the, body, the dog doesn't work, doesn't, doesn't digest it well, doesn't utilize it well. It can create pancreatitis. And so we, it's, we have pancreatitis all over the place. It can be a killer, it can be acute, it can be chronic. And so, you know, these are, you know, if you, if you think about the way dogs need to eat and then, you know, Things like that, things like, okay, they need muscle, organ meat, and bone. Fat's fine. It must be raw. If you cook it, then that's kind of bringing in the human emotion into, into what we think that we need to give our dogs because they're not going to go out in the woods and cook their food. They're going to eat it straight from the animal that they caught. So, but I get it. I mean, you're right. There is, you have to have your tiered approach and, and maybe that's a little bit easier, but my biggest point to that is just the awareness about the high fat content. If there's a high fat content in cooked food, cause it can be a big burden on the pancreas. Absolutely. Yeah. Another thing that I, I want to point out, and this goes back a little bit, but you know, when you said species appropriate a little while ago, there are bags of kibble that say, this is biologically appropriate for your dog. Marketing is amazing and terrible. It's like amazingly mm-hmm. terrible <laughs> because it is. it's tricky. It's tricky and it's hard to figure out and it's hard to know what's right. And like you said earlier, we've all been there. I fed kibble. Um, my two boys who I learned off of and I no longer have, um, I fed them kibble for quite some time. And then I learned what, what I needed to do, but it took research and understanding and time and I didn't you know go through the course like I should have you know that didn't I wish I had I did a lot of reading um but it's it's taking the time to to 
really understand what it is they need and knowing that kibble, I don't care if it's $500 for a pound bag of kibble. It is carcinogenic. It has a minimum one carcinogen, if not two carcinogen, uh, carcinogens in it. It also keeps your dog perpetually dehydrated or cat, right? So your dog or cat, neither one of them need kibble. Um, keeps them perpetually dehydrated. That is not okay. We have mm -hmm. to we have to think about that, and we have to, um, you know. <laughs> all right. Sorry. We're just <laughs> starting the dance party. <laughs> I know. I had to. I always forget to turn mine off. Um, but wherever I was going with that, it doesn't matter. You know, it's it's and and going back to understanding that. Chicken and rice is not okay. Rice is not okay, period. Um, do not feed your dog's rice. Especially don't feed your cat's rice. They are pure carnivores. But, you know, think about even sweet potatoes. If you're feeding sweet potatoes, very, very minimal amounts. Um, you know, these we have to watch the starches. You know, we have more dogs becoming diabetic. I don't know if we're catching up with people. I don't know the stats. But dogs are diabetic all the time. Dogs shouldn't be diabetic. I mean... Well, it's yeah. this constant spike in insulin from this high carb diet that is not species appropriate at all. So again, it's just, <laughs> you are setting your dog up for failure feeding kibble because they have this high glucose insulin spike. And then it it's, as I said, you are feeding a bowl of inflammation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You either pay now and feed a better diet to your dog, or you pay later when you are going to the vet constantly for hot spots mm -hmm. and GI issues, um, you know, diabetes, obesity. And we're talking food, Nikki, but we have to think about the treats as well, because right. a lot of people, <laughs> you know, those puppy dog eyes just get to you and you feel like Sparky needs a treat every five minutes or every time they go out. Well, I encourage people, if you are gonna give a treat, treats should not account for more than 10% of the total caloric intake per day. And when feeding a treat, why not give them something nutritious? I love the freeze-dried meats. Mm -hmm. They have them in little treat form. You know, you can even do organs. Mm -hmm you know, beef heart or liver or what have you. I would rather people treat that way. And your dog is going to thank you for that because <laughs> they're yummy. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's, there's a lot to think about. There is. One of my favorite treats is beef liver. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. the, it's the freeze dried raw beef liver. And I love it because beef liver is the most, is one of the most, oh, I'd say, all the organs are important, but you have to have beef liver because it has the, the proper amount of copper for a dog. And so you can feed chicken livers and all of these other livers that fine, but it's important for them to get beef liver on a regular basis so they're getting that, that the, the right amount of copper in their diet. And so it's so easy to get these beef liver treats. Make sure that they're not irradiated. Make sure that they're from the U.S. <laughs> or somewhere you trust, you know, Canada, you know, things like that. But that they're a good, healthy source. And then, you know, you have less to worry about. If, oh, that's another thing I've got to add to my food is the beef liver. Well, it's pretty simple to find anyway, but you're giving it as treats. And I think that that's, um, and it is dry. So we want to be careful with how much we're giving because it's dry. But uh, it is a great, great treat. And yeah. If you can find, you know, you can go, you know, kind of, you were talking about the co-ops. Chicken feet are great treats. Mm -hmm. um, I love giving chicken feet to the girls. Uh, you know, any of the, you can cut, you can cut them up in small pieces and keep them in your refrigerator, your freezer, and give them as treats. It's really pretty simple once you start to create the habit. It's the habit and the change that's always the difficult part. That's the difficult part, but I think the most fun part is watching your dog eat yes, real food. It's so true. Oh my gosh, it's so entertaining. <laughs> it is. Is he gonna go for the chicken livers uh -huh. first or is he gonna go for the whole sardine? Uh-huh. And just watching them yeah. and oh, it's so it's so rewarding. And then seeing how afterwards their stools are smaller, firmer, their shiny coats are beautiful. Mm. 
They don't smell. Dogs are not supposed to right. smell. Right. And their breath is supposed to be fresh and sweet. Mm-hmm. I mean, the changes, you guys, just two weeks on a whole food, fresh food diet will change their life, literally, literally. inside and out. Yeah. And, you know, something that I think people don't realize is we're told, are we, we you know, when we, I, okay, sorry, I'm not saying this well. People will come to me and say, yeah, my dog's seven. He's getting old. I'm like, no. And it's, it's heartbreaking that we are, we have been marketed to that this is aging, um, that seven is getting old and yeah, 10 is getting old and that they're slowing down and that it's normal. This is not normal. Lifespan of a dog should be 20 to 30 years. And I, you know, it's not often that we get to that now, but think about, you know, you got to think about the, the generations of kibble that have been fed at this point. We have done nothing but a disservice to our animals by the years and years and years and the generations of changing the genetics, the epigenetics of these animals with this terrible processed food. And then of course, all of the chemicals that we have. So, you know, I think that the goal is because epigenetics can be reversed or, or made good, however you want to say that properly. But, you know, you know, I, I feel like you and I are very much on the same team when it comes to let's change the trajectory of where we're going with our dogs and the, the, the continued shortened lifespan of these animals. We get them because we want them to be with us for as long as possible. And, you know, dogs dying at seven and 10, I have a friend whose dog died at five, you know, Mm. it's heartbreaking and it just, it makes no sense. And we start to figure out it's the food. So much of it's the food. And it's an easy fix. It's an easy fix. And we can start to turn this around. Yeah. And for ourselves as well. I mean, in a perfect world, Nikki, we feed our dogs pasture raised, Mm -hmm. pasture finished meats, Mm -hmm. organic vegetables and fruits. Mm -hmm. But that should be the same for us as well. Mm -hmm. Because if you really pull back the curtain onto the factory farming that is going on in this country, how these animals are abused from day one and what they, what they are fed is what we are eating. We are eating the antibiotics and the poor food. I mean, they take groceries that have expired and we're talking yogurt and yogurt cups and bread still in the wrapper. And they're just tossing that into pet food. Oh, it's disgusting. Plastic. And diseased animals and other dying cats and dogs. Phenobarbital has been found Mm -hmm. in pet food. Which is what you use to put put an animal down. Yes. Yeah. It's it's awful. And there's tons of information out there, people. If you want to look at it, yeah. It's, it's not pretty at all. And what we are eating, you know, the meat and, you know, even the veggies, we could talk about glyphosate and the spraying of our crops uh, started with Monsanto was the company back in the seventies. And this is Roundup. This is an herbicide that believe it or not, I didn't know this before, but more glyphosate is sprayed on non-GMO foods than the GMO foods. Right. They're sprayed twice to bring everything. You know, like say you have a crop of corn and it's supposed to be harvested in a week and 70% of it is already mature, but the rest is not. You spray it again with this awful chemical glyphosate to make it mature that much faster. Mm -hmm. That's what we're eating. Yeah. And our dogs are eating. Mm-hmm. And our soils are being depleted. This glyphosate lives in soil for so long. The rain runoff, it, you know, it's eventually going to our streams and our oceans and our rivers. And it's just <laughs> something has to change because yeah. we, as a species, as, long as, as well as our dogs, we are getting sicker mm-hmm. and sicker. Mm-hmm. 
We are, and and so much of it has to do with the chemicals that are put into our environment um, and in the glyphosate. And so, and this is Roundup glyphosate, same thing. It is a proven carcinogen. Finally, I mean everybody knew it, but it is a proven carcinogen. And I'm amazed that I still go to, you know, Home Depot or wherever. And you still see Roundup all over the place. You still see people spraying Roundup in their yards and, and killing dandelions, which are food, um, killing parsnips, which is food, not parsnips, um, purslane, which is food. You know, these are weeds that are in our, they're weeds in our yard that, that I just made a salad with last night. You know, <laughs> I mean. Um, dandelions are amazing. Yeah, yeah, they're great for the liver and great for the kidneys. And, um, but it's the, it's, you know, I, I, I I have a hard time, I think, understanding why it's so important to poison the yard, these plants, as opposed to pulling them or putting vinegar on them or something like that, when really what we're doing is we're not poisoning the plant in the yard. I mean, we are, but we're poisoning ourselves. We're poisoning our kids. We're poisoning our dogs. Um, and it's getting into the air and into the environment, you know, and it 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 is beyond my comprehension that this is still okay and that this this is still what we're doing and then it's still okay for farmers to do this i know it's not always the farmers you know there's so much involved that you know politically that we don't can't get into here but like you said you know we're 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 at a tipping point you know something must be done you know we spend so much money on research and development of of these drugs to help with these chronic disease diseases for humans and for pets, these are lifestyle diseases. Mm -hmm. You know, these are diseases that can be prevented and can be reversed. And we're just getting sicker and sicker and our dogs are dying earlier and earlier. And it is, uh, it's, it's upsetting. <laughs> it is. And to your point, Nikki, if, if you look at you know, when this Roundup started being sprayed in the 70s, and you take a chart of the increased amount being sprayed in the U.S. and put any of the major diseases up there, Parkinson's, autism, heart disease, kidney disease, the trajectory is exactly the same. So interesting, isn't it? It's, it's a nightmare. It and mm -hmm. our dogs not only are getting it from the food, but to your point, since we are spraying our yards and our golf courses and our parks, they are walking in glyphosate 24-7. Mm -hmm. It's getting absorbed up through their paw pads. So dogs have 32 times the human average amount of glyphosate in their bodies. I don't even know what to say to that. It's sad. It's, and yeah, it's awful, awful stuff. Um, and I want to throw out there too, interestingly, that, you know, we're talking about Matt Rowe a little while ago on Parsley Pet. He has a, um, just to throw it out there because I think it's amazing stuff, but he's got a, a functional lab that helps to uh, uh, look at the toxicants as well as the minerals uh, that, are, that are in a dog's body and, and, and helps them look at deficiencies and, um, and then the toxicants. And one of those tests, he, it's a new one, I believe. But they are looking at glyphosate, and they're, I, I believe yes. that it is shocking the amount of glyphosate that they're finding in dogs. Uh, we can look at us, too. I mean, I've, I've done testing for, uh, for people or, and, and myself, you know, looking at, at glyphosate levels. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, the company is HRI Labs, and okay. Matt and Parsley Pet are partnering with them. So if you would like, actually, I have a discount on my. Oh, awesome website because I am an affiliate. I love their products. Um, so check out, you know, I've got food, I've got supplements um, that I have vetted. I will only recommend things that I know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. And most of them do have discounts, which is great. Yeah. And I, that's really good. Thank you for saying that because go to Wag Out Loud, her website and the tab, is it a resources tab? What is it? What does it say? Uh, partner products. Partner products. Yeah. Go to it. I was, I've checked it out. I've purchased stuff myself. It's, it's really cool. And it's nice to know that you can go somewhere and you can, you can trust the products that are on her website. So check it out. Uh, Wag Out Loud website. <laughs> Dot com. Dot com. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I think I want, oh, I need to take a quick break, just a quickie. Um, and talk about uh, Cellcore, who is our uh, sponsor. They are amazing at what they do. They're truly a uh, u- unique supplement product. Uh, Krista, I've talked to you a little bit about them. Uh, they're, they're fairly new to the market. They're fairly new to me. Uh, but as I have learned more, which is the best thing about, ooh, about what I do is continuing to learn. I love to, to learn. And when I find a company who is just truly innovated in the, their way that they approach uh, addressing chronic conditions or even just trying to, to get healthier. Uh, this, this there's, there's no company like this company. And I, I love what they do. They have the research, the science, um, they have the trials, the clinical trials, which is really difficult for supplement companies to do clinical trials because they're exceedingly expensive. Um, and so they have the clinical trials um, and the, the basis of their products are these um, bioactive carbons, which allows uh, the, the, the ingredients of the supplements to actually get deeper into the cellular, well, into the cells, right? And so it allows the body to, to it digs deep into worms and parasites and biotoxins and then environmental toxicants and allows the body to truly eliminate, truly start to function properly. They're seeing, um, I don't want to get too deep into what they're seeing. I'm not sure how much legal stuff I can talk about on this, but the chronic disease that they are able to help to reverse is phenomenal. So, um, Cellcore, you can only get them through practitioners, but I do want to get the word out about them because they are on top of their game uh, and I just love them to pieces. So, uh, you can uh, you can find a Cellcore practitioner. You can reach out to me, of course. Uh, we can chat about it, but it's good stuff. And I mean, you can't you know it's not something that you want to take just willy nilly. This is not that kind of supplement. So uh, it's much deeper than any that I've seen to date. So super exciting stuff. And uh, if you have questions, always know that you can post below. You can reach out to me. You know, tastelifenutrition.com. Um, And then moving on, I want to talk about things like vaccines and flea and tick treatment and heartworm treatment and these things that we're told vaccines should be should be at least yearly, uh, except we know I know rabies has gone out a little bit. We should have teeth cleanings yearly. Uh, We Mm -hmm. should give flea, tick and heartworm treatment monthly, even in Colorado, where we hard we don't have fleas. We barely have ticks. We barely have mosquitoes. Um, and so I want to just get into that a little bit and help people understand why this is creating such a huge problem and such a huge burden on our dogs. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as conventional vets go, 60% still vaccinate every single year. Yeah. So if you take a veterinary practice, of most clinics income is from vaccines. Here's the shocker. Another 65% of their income is addressing the vaccine induced diseases that they cause. Oh man, I didn't know that. It's bad. Mm -hmm. So yes, vaccines for a puppy (laughs) all day long, get your puppy shots. I encourage you not to get the combination shots and space them out. Mm -hmm. Over 90% of dogs that have had their puppy shots are immunized for all of those core vaccines for life. I wanna make sure that everybody just heard me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Even the pharmaceutical companies that create these vaccines will tell you, you don't have to vaccinate every single year. Now the beauty is there is a test called a titer test, and that is a blood test that any veterinarian can do, but you have to ask for it. Mm-hmm. It is a little more expensive, but you are saving your dog's life. It's and true. what are you saving them from? Uh, autoimmune disease, cancer, cataracts, allergies, asthma, arthritis, diabetes, eczema. I mean, I could go on and on. This is proven fact of over-vaccination. Right. So a titer's test will show you 
that your dog does have the appropriate antibodies to fight off whatever illness you have vaccinated for. You will get a certificate. And I know here in Colorado, more and more groomers, boarding facilities, doggy daycares are taking titers in lieu of a vaccine certificate. That is good to know, because I, I, I have asked over the years, I don't know how many people, and everybody requires vaccines. I never board my dogs. I have somebody come into the house because for that reason. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll tell you that that's what I've done. My dogs have always been titer tested. As long as I've known over the last probably 12, 14 years, however long it's been that I had gained this understanding, not one time has a test come back showing that they needed to be revaccinated. Not once. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So hopefully people understand that you do have a choice and you need to be open and honest with your veterinarian. You can't feel intimidated. Mm -hmm. You know, they are so overtaxed. This is a doctor that is not only taking care of dogs, but other species as well. And in veterinary school, they have one day of nutrition. Mm -hmm one day mm -hmm. and you know these huge companies that are making kibble they're the ones that are courting our vets in vet school giving them free product and it's no wonder that it's the hills and science diet and royal canaan that you find in their lobbies mm -hmm. because that's all they've been taught right yeah, sorry, I thought you were going to say something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to beat, beat this to death, but I just want to encourage people, you know, have an open, honest conversation. And if you have a veterinarian that is forcing vaccines or making other suggestions, oh, you don't need a tire test, I would say look at getting another veterinarian. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is more and more integrative vets mm -hmm. are coming onto the scene. Yep as well as holistic, of course. Um, don't get me wrong, conventional medicine has its place Absolutely. all day long. Absolutely. Mm. Um, but set your dog up for success. Mm -hmm. That's my recommendation. And yeah, don't over-vaccinate. Yeah, don't over-vaccinate. Just, yeah, be aware. And I also wanted, I, I wanted, I have a couple of friends who are veterinarians, uh, both very conventional and it, it's fine. Um, but I, I want to I, I be sure that I'm making a point that they got into this business because they have a heart for animals. And what, hap is, what is happening is the suicide rate of veterinarians is sky high. I don't remember the data, um, but it's, it's heartbreaking what veterinarians go through. Um, and it shouldn't be that way either. So this is not a, a, a show to beat anybody up. It's really to educate, to, to, to ask you to ask the questions um, and, and, and also to recognize that they're there to do a job. Everybody has their, their strengths and their weaknesses. Um, and whether you're in medicine or, well, I think anywhere, in order to research or to, to look outside of what you've been taught, you have to you have to go to that. So you know, vets who are integrative or holistic or functional, or medical doctors who are all of those, they have to want to go outside of that to understand nutrition because they don't get it in school, and and that's okay if they don't want to. But find the people who are on your team, on your team, your human team, or your dog team, where if if they don't if you, you know, one doesn't do both and find people who do both. So you can have that guidance on both sides because um, you're not expected to know everything either. I know for me, and I say this all the time, that I'm a science geek through and through. I don't do numbers. I don't do accounting. I hate bookkeeping. <laughs> I hate these things. <laughs> I'm terrible at them. And I know this. So I find my team to help me. And we have to do that in healthcare as well. Um, and yeah, don't be... Um, don't be, don't just be your own advocate in your own health and in your dog's health or your cat's health or your horse's health, whoever it is. Um, be your own advocate, ask the questions 
And what I tell people all the time too is when a situation arises, whether it's um, you know some inflammatory condition or a disease or a cancer or an infection or whatever, always ask why. And if there's an answer, ask why. And if there's another answer, ask why. You have to dig what is the root cause for this problem. There is a root cause. Dysfunction happens because something is going on. Pain is not a problem. Pain is a symptom, right? Diabetes is a symptom. Uh, 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 you know, any inflammatory condition is a symptom. And so we got we to figure out the root cause. And I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay, so uh, we talked about vaccines. Flea and tick preventive and heartworm preventive. This is pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a healthy dog followed a healthy diet, they are not supposed to get parasites mm-hmm. like ticks and fleas. They don't. Fleas and ticks will only go after unhealthy animals. Yeah. So let's do the flea and tick really quick. Um, just imagine you are putting chemicals on them that is killing fleas and ticks. Well, it's killing your pet as well. And most of the side effects are neurological, a lot of seizures. I mean, this, you guys, this, there's studies that, um, you know, tremors, seizures, vomiting, diarrhea, skin irritations, and I'm talking flea collars. I'm talking oral mm-hmm. meds, as well as you know the front line that you put right on your dog's skin between the shoulder blades. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they have documented deaths yeah. from this. Mm-hmm. And there are natural ways to prevent fleas and ticks. One of my newest affiliate products is amazing. It's called Tickless and it kills, it disorients fleas and ticks, and it's all frequency. So it's a tiny little thing, you plug in a USB, you put it on the collar, it lasts for 30 days, and this is the number one non-chemical preventative for fleas and ticks in Europe right now. Oh, that's so amazing. My Texas people and anybody in the Southern United States listen to this this is huge it's phenomenal and i tested it out for 30 days again i live in colorado as well so i took winston to california Mm -hmm. and i love 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 this product no chemicals no toxins it just makes so much sense Um, that's on my website with a discount Mm -hmm. Uh, there's another company kin and kind all natural, all organic, uh, shampoos, sprays, that works as well. Mm-hmm. So there are other alternatives versus pretty much poisoning your dog. Constantly. I mean, they require, even during, even in the winter months, this is what gets me too, but they want you to continue doing this in the winter months where there are no fleas, there are no ticks, and there are no mosquitoes. What yes. sense does that make? And then we just do it. Okay. Oh, and getting on heartworm, so I'm going to jump into heartworm just real quick. Sure, absolutely. Is if you don't do it regularly, then if your dog gets heartworm, then it's like, I can't remember what, but they they won't back it up. Or it's like you you still have to do it regularly no matter what. And I'm like, what sense does that make? Why would I do this and why is this a requirement Um, anyway? so Yeah, why are you worming when your dog does not have worms? Mm Mm-hmm. And again, there are preventatives. There's natural uh, products out there. I know Amber Naturals has one for heartworm. Um, it's called HWF. It's all natural that if you, if your dog does get heartworm, you can easily eliminate that by just adding this one supplement. And I, <laughs> I just hope that people are encouraged by yeah. mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Yeah. That that we can't go with the norm. Mm -hmm. Just because it's been done this way for 50 years doesn't mean that we have to continue. We need to make the change and we have to 
put our foot down and say, I want to feed my dog better. I want to care for them better. Mm -hmm. And I just hope today that we've opened some people's minds a little bit to want to learn a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I do too. I do too. And you, you all know that you can reach out to us and I want to make, I want to reiterate a point that you just made also because part, what is a typical, part of a typical, you know, general veterinary visit checkup is a deworming. So they don't necessarily test for worms. They're just deworming to deworm. I, I will never, ever, ever do that. Give my dog, you know, do a poop test. Let's look for worms. If there are worms, then we'll discuss what we need to do. And it's probably going not going to be a chemical dewormer. Um, but check. There's no reason to deworm if there are no worms. It's a toxin. It's killing the worms. It's going to be really, really hard on the immune system and on the dog also. It's a poison. Straight down, straight out. It's a poison. And so just be aware, you know, um, and that's just like you said, I I always say this and I I think sometimes I say it too much is this be aware, like I'm going to be aware. And it's not my intent at all, because as you said, also, we've all been there. I've done it all. I've done the heartworm. I've done the flea and tick and I've done the kibble. And it's all of these things though are, they're so ingrained and we're told if you don't do this, your dog will die. If you don't do this, you're a bad dog parent. If you don't do this, you know, this is your, you're a terrible person, whatever the case may be. When we need to change that because what, what we're doing is doing our best to actually care for them and, and, and be their advocate. They have to do what we, they have to eat what we give them. They have to put on their bodies, what we put on their bodies. And it's our choice. It's our mm-hmm. choice what we do for them. It's our choice what we do for us. And just having a little bit of the knowledge or the knowledge of where to go to ask the questions, which is, again, why we're doing this, because we want to be here to answer questions or point you in the direction where you can get answers, whatever that is. So I agree, Nikki. And the reason I love integrative medicine and holistic medicine is because they want to get to the root of the issue. As you said, everything that pops up, whether it's pain or inflammation, it's a symptom of something else going on in the body. And unfortunately, a lot of times a conventional vet will just put a Band-Aid on it and prescribe medications. Mm -hmm. And one of the worst things is antibiotics. Because I'm sure you've talked many times about gut health. Over 80% of the immune system is in the gut. Right. And a balanced microbiome is going to mean that your dog is healthy. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you're giving them antibiotics, the entire microbiome is disrupted and you're starting all over again, mm-hmm. trying to balance that gut flora again. Right. So everything has a consequence mm-hmm. when we're talking about traditional medicine. Yeah. And we don't, don't always think like we would do with ourselves. Well, we'll give our dog an antibiotic. Well, then we need to give it a probiotic. Um, and those are things that we need to think about as well, is the importance of probiotics in animal health and in our own health and feeding them fermented foods. I give my dog sauerkraut periodically. They'll, if I, yes. Yeah. The goat milk. Um, <laughs> it's not good for it's It's stinky, but one of the best things is if you have raw goat milk, let it sit on the counter and let it ferment they love it and they're getting yes. good digestive enzymes and good probiotics and so and i also will supplement too so um so much to talk about i know <laughs> oh, we scratched the surface i know i think that this was really good though i really appreciate um just getting into to even if it's just surface i mean i think we got pretty deep on some of this stuff you know and mm-hmm. you know the things that we can do instead of giving the monthly heartworm preventive and flea intake. That's a big one in understanding that know where you are in the United States, you know, or, or in the in the world, right? Um, it just happened to be in the United States, but I know people are watching from all over the world. Know where you are, know what is actually necessary, and then know the good alternatives. Um, and go to wagoutloud.com because the resources that she has are amazing. Her podcast freaking rocks and i'm just so blessed to have you on and thank you so much oh nikki i so appreciate you for having me on and i am so excited that you're going to transform my (laughs) health 
and nutrition. And I'm so excited to work with you and you are changing lives. And I so appreciate everything you do. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anything that we've left out as far as what people need to know about you, where to find you, um, anything? What's your next podcast coming up? Podcast. I love that. Pod. All of my podcasts come out <laughs> Wednesday mornings. And my next one, oh my gosh, if you are thinking of feeding raw, this gentleman wrote the Raw Feeding Bible. His name is Dr. Connor Brady, coming out next Wednesday. And he wrote the book Feeding Dogs. And he, he brings you all the science, all of the studies on why feeding raw is going to be the best for your dog. So it's going to be a great episode. I encourage everybody to check out all of them because all of my <laughs> guests are amazing. Awesome. Thank you. That's exciting. And I'm going to pay attention to it. Yay! All right. Thanks, everybody. This was such a fun show. Um, Krista, thank you. And, you know, you can find me, Everything's Tastes Like Nutrition, the website, the social media. Um, you can go to my website, tastelifenutrition.com, and find a – This is whoa, I keep hitting my mic. Jeez. <laughs> uh, you can uh, – this is for humans only, but you can fill out a free assessment that I have online I you know, on the website. It comes straight to me. I reach out to you personally. You know, I want to talk to you about, you know, what your needs are, what your goals are, and if uh, we can help you in a small way or in a bigger way. You know, that's why I'm here. So uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We will see you back here in two weeks. See you later. Have a tail wagging day. Yeah. (laughs) I love it.